Hi, you guys. Coco Moco. And it's Nikki Reardon. And this is episode three of Share Your Screen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in on these early episodes. You're like the OG listeners. Dude, the support, we honestly have been getting way more support than we thought we would. I know. So seriously, wow. thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you guys. So this episode is the slideshow that I made. And I wanted to do the nicher you go, the quicker you grow. One of my favorite Cocoisms, uh-huh. which is Pinky Doll. Pinky doll has been the topic of conversation. Literally feels like within just a week. Yeah. Like not even just, oh, she's on the For You page a lot, but like a Washington Post, yeah. a New York Times article, an insider uh, article. Yeah. Like this has been a mass hysteria. I can't remember the last time we've had a creator take over mainstream media in this yeah, way. Yeah, truly. And we're going to get to that because very, yeah, I always say that, especially with TikTok, people often stay in this little snow globe. Like you could have 10 million followers on TikTok and like no one knows you when you go to Target. Yeah. But this is like, you could be in a grocery store and yell pinky and someone on another aisle yells doll. Not even, yeah, you could go gang gang and somebody would know exactly what you meant. Yum, yum, bloop, bloop, bloop. Yep. Gang. Mmm, ice cream so good. Thank you, Jackie. Gang, 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 gang. Anyone who doesn't know Pinky Doll, you're probably so confused. So we are going to get all into that and she is an NPC streamer, which you're like, what is that? So we're going to get into it. So first slide, which will be the origin of the NPC trend. Now, like Nikki said, if you Google uh, Pinky Doll NPC and stuff like she's all there's so many news articles and mm-hmm. in the gear up for this slideshow, I was updating it every day and I kept Googling her and more articles and interviews were coming out about her. Um, But one of the biggest questions that people are asking, like if you type pinky doll into your Google search bar, one of the first questions that comes up is what is NPC? Now, NPC is known as non-playable character. And it is a trend that it's believed to have roots in 2021 in Japan. Okay. Now, Dexerto did an interview with a Japanese creator. Um, I tried to look up the pronunciation of the name and I couldn't find anything. So bear with me, but it's, I think it's Naughty Coco. And Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Are you Um, something you want to tell us? Right. Me promoing my NPC. (laughs) See alternate life. Naughty Coco. (laughs) Um, And it, NPC is a reference to, if you've ever played video games, I think of like Zelda. I always think of like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Like the random people walking around. Yeah. And if you do talk to them, they have the same lines they say over and over again because they're supposed to like guide the story. It's programmed responses. Right. That's what it means. Yes. And so there was this creator, um, Naughty Coco, and she started out as a cosplay creator. So she would dress as different anime or video games and go live. And she actually started this trend as a social experiment with her audience on TikTok because she wanted to figure out a way to communicate with her audience where they could send her cues and she would like like have certain set replies that she sends back versus you always just see in lives. It's like, I like your necklace. They're like, thanks, yeah. Scott. And it also makes sense, too, that you said that she was doing this, like, while cosplaying and stuff. Because then there is actual 
like ties for yes. a reason for her to have this program response. Like she is cosplaying the video game character, Grand is cosplaying yeah. as an anime, a movie, yeah. anything. Like there is a an actual fictional character, so she is like embodying this fictional character. Yeah, makes a lot of sense for the origin. Yeah. And so one of the ways that she realized she could bridge the gap of communication is when her fans on live would send her certain gifts, she started coming up with like the same sentences she would repeat over and over as they were sending the gifts. So it was like the audience was kind of controlling her. And now before I get into the next slide, I do feel like I have to note this because it's something that comes up. But I also think in a way it's a non-factor like Anytime we've made videos about this, I say anytime, it's only been a week, but (laughs) people are always like, it has origins in sex work. And I also saw an article by TechCrunch and they were like, leave sex workers out of this. I think people are saying that because... What does that have to do with it? Well, yeah. And my thing is, so some of the comments that I see, I haven't looked into this part. I don't know if it's true or not that they're like, oh, Pinky Doll is an OF creator. But my thing is, say she was, I feel like, if someone is a sex worker, society is like, that's bad, get a new job. Yeah. And then someone who's a sex worker finds a new, easier way to make money and provide for yep. their kid. And now society is like, you were a sex worker, you can't have this job. I literally think it is society resenting women for making, for making money. high income, especially when it's over something that they could do themselves. Yeah. It's like very, there's so much resentment. It's like, you could end PC stream. Yeah. You could have an OF. You choose not to. That's okay. It's your choice. It's your life. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But then don't criticize someone else who's out there doing it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. So I felt like I had to acknowledge that because it's something that comes up. But where I stand is like, also, if there is someone who gets off on this, like, I don't think that that's the fault of the creator because they're not inherently doing anything right. sexual at all. Right. It's also, and with whether it's a creator, whether it's art, whether it's anything, like, it's your job to create the content, to create the art and put it out in the world. Yeah. You cannot be responsible for the way every single there's seven billion people on earth you cannot be responsible for the way they interpret it yeah like you can only be responsible for what you put into it and what you create and if there's nothing like it's not overtly sexual yeah so it's if people choose to interpret it that way that's them problem yeah and i've seen even like male celebrities start doing these streams as a way to like experiment and try to make money and no one's commenting that they're like these like yeah people that deserve to be banned from society yeah it's only when the women are doing it exactly but, so i had to note that i just think it's a non-factor but so now that you guys know the origin of the npc trend we'll go on to the next slide which is going to be before we get into pinky doll i had to nod to the rise of live streaming on TikTok. Of course, you have Twitch. For me, the reason I never really got into Twitch was I felt like it was harder to navigate. But um, we've talked about live streaming to Nikki and I in other videos. But um, I made this prediction like a little over a year ago, actually, where I said that I think live streaming is going to get even bigger on TikTok. And we're going to see some of the biggest celebrities to come out of TikTok in the next year aren't just going to be, you know, dancers like Addison Rae. They're going to be live streamers. And I didn't realize it would manifest in Pinky Doll. And we got our our founding mother, Terry Jo. Terry Jo, the founding mother, invented live streaming. But no, so uh, Terry Jo, a.k.a. It's Iconic, is a creator on TikTok who I've talked about in videos. And I almost think that the viralness of the videos I've made about It's Iconic weren't even necessarily for anything I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that 
It's Iconica's very loyal fans. Oh, yeah. Which goes to what we were saying in the episode you're on of my podcast, Ahead of the Curve, where we broke down the, we went into an article that, about the psychology of fandoms and how part of it is attachment theory, where we form strong attachments to a face that we see more often than others. And yep. live streamers, if you're seeing them for an hour every day, you form an attachment. Totally. I also think there is this weird attachment thing about live streaming specifically, because it's not just you're seeing them frequently, it's you're seeing them doing something at the exact same moment you are doing something. Oh. So it literally feels like you're hanging out with them, yeah. right? It's not just like, oh, this person made this video last week, then they sent it to their editor, then their editor sent it back, yeah. and they sent notes, and it was posted a week later. It's like, I'm sitting on my sofa, so is that person yeah. at exactly this moment, even if they're thousands of miles away. Like something about that yeah. builds this sense of connectivity. Yeah. And I think that's why you see live streamers like Pink It All, like It's Iconic, get such consistent viewership. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's again that note of like companionship over entertainment. Like yep. you can be entertaining, but half the time. So for those of you listening, and if you don't know who It's Iconic is, they're a creator who, their name is Keylon, um, but they, I'm using the term they because they go uh, there's by he. Yeah, they, there's multiple characters, characters. Yeah, are mainly with multiple female. genders. Yeah, and so they go on live and dress as characters like Terry Joe, who's a Southern Christian woman, <laughs> and will basically on TikTok you can like send a request to join the live of someone else who's live, even if they just have uh -huh. ten people. And Terry Joe has these inside jokes with her audience where she's trying to get a reaction from the other person on live and people are confused. Mm -hmm. um, and now you have celebrities that call into Terry Joe's live because they just want to be featured by her. So like uh, famously Doja Cat, his Doja Cat, I've in. seen Z-Way do it. Z-Way, yeah. And I also think too, there's like two sides to it's iconic. There's the people who have no idea who they are and or like this person's just trolling what is yeah. going on why do they have so many viewers or it's people who are very familiar with it's iconic yeah. and are there to try and like break terry joe like get her yes. to laugh get her to break character so it's almost become either way no matter what outcome she gets she wins yeah i think that there is something really viral which we're going to touch on later with to specifically live streaming on TikTok where some of the people that go the most viral are the ones where the audience is trying to get them to laugh or go off script. And yeah. I actually think this really, the origin of this was when I started seeing lives on my feed about a year and a half ago, a lot of them was like, no, it was people with notes out behind their head. And it was just like, they had a straight face or they had water in their mouth and they're like, the live will end once someone makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. And it's just people sending comments. Or I see all the times where it's like people will be green screening with the notes app and it's like a take about something. And it's yeah. like convince me that I'm wrong. And then other people come in and like give their argument. Yes. Yeah. So it's that breaking of the fourth wall. But something I have found very fascinating about live streaming on TikTok specifically is like, Lives have existed for a long time. Yeah. There's Facebook Lives, there's YouTube Lives now, there's Twitch. And throughout all of that, we've always seen live streaming culture be synonymous. Like it was, there's video games is the biggest one, or there's yeah. video games on YouTube too, and there's video games wherever, or cooking, or mm -hmm. like mukbangs, right? But the interesting thing to me about TikTok Live is it's really starting to develop its own culture. Yeah. Like things that are originating live on TikTok aren't things that are originating live on Twitch. Like 
it's iconic as it's complete she's just like a completely its own category yeah and now npc streaming is its completely own category yeah or even like the defending my take type streams is so interesting and part of that i think is because tiktok has such a low barrier to entry yeah to going live like going live on twitch is difficult you have to have a setup you have to have yeah. a, a you know monitor to play your video game on then you have to just be sharing the screen and edit that in but with tiktok like anyone with an iphone can just pick it up and go live yeah and i think that has led to there being such niche interests on tiktok yeah. live because literally anyone can do it and also it allows for these happy accidents because there's no like i don't think terry joe would have happened if it's iconic had to like sit and plan it and yeah. buy equipment it's just like probably something they did once or twice and thought it was funny so like oh i'm gonna keep doing it because it's easy exactly and i think the for you page lends to what you said with happy accidents like i never yeah. was actively seeking out live streamers it was just that's so Harry true come up on my feed and what actually got me was people would post screen recordings from terry joe's lives yep. it's iconic's lives and i would search it and then like followed it's iconic so that anytime they went live i could tune in and i also think that um with it's iconic they really had an uphill battle because i think when you go live people are more likely to get banned weirdly like yeah. tiktok is very sensitive with live streaming i think even more than videos because people could do something crazy on live but right it's iconic i followed multiple of their accounts because they would get banned at like 100k followers and then have to restart now they're verified have two million followers and they've been featured on h3 podcast they've been featured in paper magazine so they're they fought an uphill battle but never like it's iconic could have been like okay i've gotten banned five times let me just start doing like dances like addison ray they still stuck to what they knew would work for them i have a theory that it's iconic getting banned so many times actually made them way more successful really like more famous yeah <gasps> because one i think it happened so every time that they would get banned people would start to search them <gasps> right to find their account I so would. it's gaming seo right so like their seos just through the roof everyone's like oh my god this is getting searched a hundred times like the algorithm's gonna pump it out right two i think it really built this like if you know, you know, and you have to be there, yes. right? Because you're watching the live and then they could get banned tomorrow. Yeah. So it's really like building this community factor. And then also like the second a new account was made, everyone's like, oh my God, it's Iconic's back, blah, blah, blah. Like it became an event. Yeah. So much to the point where I think TikTok literally gave up in yeah. just banning them. But I think that because it was she was constantly getting banned or constantly having things happen it created this deeper sense of community to yeah. be like we need to find it's iconic like we won't let the yeah. big tiktok win it's we gotta find it and it built this community factor that's so true i think you're right about the seo like the algorithm was probably uh, not understanding why Fifty thousand people searched it's iconic in their feed that and day. like every week too because yeah. it happens every single time she gets banned yeah I think that's so genius. And now, now that we've talked about Psychonic, it's going to lead to the next slide, um, which is who is Pinky Doll? The question of the hour. So, mind you, she's blown up really recently. So there wasn't like a ton of info. I think more info is going to come out. Yeah. Um, as time goes on, I even reached out to her for an interview and she was down, but she wasn't in LA. So we're manifesting. Ever in LA, you're so welcome to come. We'd love to talk to you. Um, so from what I found online is 
she blew up really in July, which it's still July as we're filming. It's July 27th. So <laughs> That's insane. It just shows you how powerful TikTok is. Um, and she blew up, even though she was on TikTok live, where she blew up was people posting screen recordings to Twitter. Interesting. To like make fun of her, but that's why she got famous. Dude, Twitter is like the root of all, all evil. All evil. And it's like anytime there's a situation, it's like how many degrees of Twitter? Yes. It's always like two degrees of separation from yeah. some tweet that yep. started it. Yep. Um, and so she's known for repeating catchphrases on live, like ice cream's so good whenever viewers send her gifts. Um, my favorite is she, like, if someone sent her a balloon, she's like, like, I can't do it. She makes this popping I love gang gang. Gang gang's my favorite. Gang gang, yes. <laughs> and you mentioned this. I didn't even notice it when we were filming prior, but that she uses a hair straightener to pop kernels of popcorn. It's so funny. I have no idea where the origin of that came from, but from like a pure TikTok standpoint, I think it is genius. Oh, Imagine yeah. you are in rapid scroll on a For You page. You've never seen Pinky Doll in your life. And then you see a live of somebody holding a hair straightener with a popcorn. I think you're like, you stop to view it to see if the kernel will actually pop. Yes. Right? It's so visually captured. And you're like, what is that? And you're like, does that yeah. work? So then you click on it and you're stopping for 15 seconds yeah. to do that. But then you're getting hooked because now you're like, why is she saying ice cream so good 18 yes. times? It's almost like Pinky Doll has kind of created a mystery for somebody who's never seen her before. Yeah. So you kind of have to click on it to solve the mystery. But then once you're in, she hooks you. Yes. And you're so right with like, I think sometimes the most, and this is where brands go wrong, but with Pinky Doll popping popcorn with a hair straightener, it lends to this notion that sometimes the most viral pieces of content are the ones that leave more questions than answers. Than answers. And if you never address, like in the first few videos, she could have been like, this is why I'm doing it. But if she never acknowledges it, people are going to keep asking, why are you doing that? And exactly. it creates this like, this unanswered question is why people want to consume more and more. Yeah, it's like they feel like they need to keep looking and keep answer. viewing to solve the problem. Yeah. There's no problem to solve. Exactly. Yeah. And I also, someone commented on one of my TikToks, really genius. They said the popping of the popcorn, like one at a time, it gives the audience um, a sense of like time. And so they're watching, like, I'll just watch until this one popcorn pops. And then, That's what pops, I'm saying. And then they're like, okay, maybe just the next. That's one. what I'm saying. That's why I think people stop in rapid school. Yeah. I literally think they're like, why is she popping a kernel? I need to see if that, they wait if that works. And then, then it pops. But by then, it's like she's gotten you to click the live. Yeah. Already. And I think that it's not really a strategy. I guess, actually, I lied. I have used this strategy. But I think especially with TikTok, I've always said more so when trending audios were a thing, I think TikTok is moving away from trending music and audios as much mm -hmm. as they lean into longer videos. But... I feel like there's this subconscious thing that happens when you hear an audio over and over again where you almost get hypnotized. Like you almost get in this trance where you're waiting to hear it again and yep. again and again. And we're seeing that with these lives where they're repeating the same things over and over again because you almost, people, humans like something that's predictable as well. Yep. And so it feels safe to watch it knowing that she's gonna say certain things. You get hypnotized. And I've even noticed like in some of my videos, it's always a love or hate, but sometimes I'll say the same intro of like, hi, I'm Kokomoko. I work in media. I've made a career off of accurately predicting trends and rising stars. Yep. And 
the follower conversion on those videos are crazy high, but I've been at in-person events and people will come up to me and say the intro to me. Because no they're way. Like, they're, yeah. And they're like, I say the intro with you. Like if you deviate it a little bit, I'll notice because they're reciting <laughs> it with me. And I think I did that on accident. I felt like I had to get credibility because I wanted people to understand where I was coming from. But I think that people really love being able to, it's why you like singing the lyrics of a song. Because yep. it's predictable. The lyrics aren't going to change from yep. when you heard it 10 years ago. Yeah. And I also think it speaks to the shrinking attention span problem. Yeah. You know, it's like if people aren't going to remember something, then you re if you repeat it 10 times, eventually yeah. they will, you know? Yeah. And now I think that this amount is higher, but... Um, according to a Vice News profile of Pinky Doll, she's making $7,000 a day. This is back when she had 500K followers, which was a week ago. Now I looked this morning, she's at over 800K. So That's insane. Last time I checked, she was at 680. Yeah, she's That's growing. Insane. And if she's, let's say on the lower end, she's making 7K a day. That translates to $210,000 a month or 2.5 million dollars a year, which I don't know that this is, so we're gonna get into this. I don't think this is gonna be sustaining. Like, I don't think this is gonna last forever because there's people popping up like Trisha Paytas who are trying yeah. to do it. So it's not gonna be, I think it's gonna get old. But I think that's why she's getting into other ventures, which we'll get into. Which is smart. She definitely needs yeah. to. I could see the trend not lasting forever, but I could see Pinky Doll lasting forever. Yes. You know, or maybe like not everyone can do it for as long as she does. Or maybe eventually Pinky Doll will start switching it up. Like I think if Pinky Doll ever just one day went live, but none of the emoji reacts are the same, it would like break the internet. Yeah. People would be like, what is she happening? Changed. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think that if I was Pinky Doll, I wouldn't even know what resources to go to create this, but I would just have an AI version of myself on live every day doing it. And it's not even me, like a robot, like not like a robot, but like a hologram oh, like on, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Get, like a filter. Yeah, you get something made. Like something fake. You definitely then, can do that. And could you imagine the pandemonium of people being like, oh, wait, she glitched. Is this not real? Is Pinky Doll fake? That would go so viral. What if Pinky Doll created her own app where it was like an AI Pinky Doll? And you could talk to her? And you could talk to her. Yeah. I think that there's so many like possibilities here. She has such an interesting career trajectory. I think she could do so many things. But we're going we're we're gonna gonna to talk get about that. that. We yeah. have a slide up, but. And another side note is she's from Montreal, Canada. Um, but she recently said she wants to go to Hollywood due to career opportunities. I think she has a lot of career opportunities. Some people were calling her a scab, but I... I didn't watch the full video, so that's my fault because she has a lot of them. But in one of them <laughs> where she was talking about Hollywood, um, I didn't take it as her taking an acting SAG job. I think she's going into music. which Yeah, or I also just think that she means like she's getting opportunities. I think especially because what she does is live. That's not what I think people... Yeah. I don't think people are thinking. Like she does things live, which means that a lot of the career opportunities she's probably getting, they want her to do them live in person, which probably means she needs to move to California. Yeah. What if she's moving here? Because um, she might go on the Share Your Screen podcast. <laughs> That's the only reason. She's, uh, what if she's just the new star of Late Night? Like, what if we oh my get God. no yeah. more Jimmy's right. and it's just Pinky Doll? Yeah. We need no more late night hosts with the name James, Jimmy, we don't. Jim. It's too we much. Don't. That's the, letter da the letter J needs yeah. to be banned from Late Night. Yes. That's a whole other slideshow. Okay, now next slide, which is going to be 
the takeover and then we'll get into our predictions for her career but i had to acknowledge um so if you guys are listening to the podcast on screen i have um a picture of this one girl her name's nerdy winter on tiktok uh she's not even that big of a creator i think she has 100k now which is a lot but um, she made a video green screen talking about Pinky Doll, and this is yeah. where I learned about Pinky that, Doll. I was about to say exactly that. Was that the video. This video is where I discovered Pinky Doll. 17.6 million views, her video. And again, I think this is why I feel like people, The this is how, so my career way back when, when I was working at Famous Birthdays and, you know, <laughs> the first person to interview the D'Amelio family. Yeah. The, re, the one thing, it was subconscious at first. I didn't understand why I was doing it until later. One of the number one factors for how I predict someone will be famous, mm -hmm. I don't care if they have 10 million followers, I don't care if they have 10 followers. The moment that I see another creator talk about them, and it's from a third perspective, yeah. they've they've broke out of their snow globe yeah. and they are going to be big. And I think it's this like domino effect of conversation. Yeah. Like at this domino, like literally nerdy, winter's first video was the first domino now yes. this has caused us to make a podcast about it which yeah. then we'll post it which means other people will see it but well it's like this exactly what you're saying it's taking you out of your snow globe as yeah. the metaphor you used earlier and it creates this domino effect of conversation where it's like did you hear did you hear did you yep. hear and it's this word of mouth spreading yeah and people are more likely to be interested in you outside of your like fandom but people are more likely to be interested in you if they hear about it from another per person so yeah i always use the analogy of like if you're a creator or a brand you could walk into a small gathering and go up to the cool kids and be like i'm the funniest person you've ever met like everyone follow me everyone get my phone number right now invite me to all your parties i'm so cool they're gonna laugh at you and never look at you again if you're just at the party hanging out and one of your friends walks over to them and says, did you see that girl over there? She's so funny. Like she's, you guys have to meet her. Yeah. They're going to be interested in you. Exactly. Or also it kind of reminds me of like a Yelp review. Almost. Yeah. Like if, the, if you see an advertisement for a restaurant, you're probably going to like, or a billboard, you're not even going to think about yeah. it. Yeah. But if you see people on Yelp being like, I ate here and this dish was so amazing. Yeah. Here's a picture of it. You're like, I need you to try it. that. Yes, Exactly. So she, there's this photo with Nerdy Winter, who 17 million views talking about her. You also have Trisha Paytas, the <laughs> queen of cosplay, trying to do it as well. And then um, Tana Mojo and Brooke Schofield's podcast canceled, where um, one of their recent episodes was Tana talking about, I don't know if it's verified, and I mean, coming from Tana, you never know, but that she made over $100,000 doing this trend on TikTok Live for just a few minutes. But even the fact that they have Pinky Doll in the thumbnail, and Tana's like a legacy YouTuber who's been around forever, yeah. she doesn't just put anyone in the thumbnail unless she knows that there's a lot of buzz around them. Yeah, and it goes to show the craze, exactly what you're saying. It's like yeah. the second another creator talks about them is when it starts to they snowball. They start to blow up. Now, um, another way in which she's been acknowledged is um cardi b tweeted about pinky doll which uh, i feel like cardi b is like not in a bad way kind of like me but like chronically online like yeah cardi b always knows what's about to pop off oh yeah she's kind of like drake, <laughs> like, drake <laughs> they just always know like who's trending right um whereas a lot of celebrities are like kind of highbrow and like i don't go on TikTok. i'm right. like a girl um 
And then Timbaland was revealed as one of Pinky Doll's biggest donators during a live. And he's now rumored to be working with Pinky Doll on a new song. So really, I wouldn't be surprised. T-Pain also talked about Pinky Doll. I wouldn't be surprised. And we're going to get into this. I think that producers and musicians and rappers are trying to get her attention to have her on a song. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's so genius to just sample herself. Like you yeah. use the gang gang or use the hot, hot, whatever. Yeah. Like it's so repetitive yeah. and that's how beats function. So it would be so easy to incorporate into Recognizable. A song. Yeah. Yep. Um, and now, yeah. So there's just been YouTubers trying to recreate. And I, I just think it's really interesting how, I think Pinky Doll's become bigger than herself in a matter. I found out about her two weeks ago, and now she's our slideshow. If you told me two weeks ago you're going to make a slideshow about a girl named Pinky Doll, I'd be like, who? Yeah, literally. It just shows how powerful this and is. And how rapidly things can blow up. And again, I think that's the power of the For You page. Like yeah. you said, like, even if you could have just heard of Pinky Doll but never seen one of her videos, but then eventually it just gets surfaced to you. Yeah. Like whether you chose to search her out or not, eventually it will appear on your feed and that curiosity of that word of mouth spread and marketing like you're talking about will make you click on it. To be like, oh yeah, this is that Pinky Doll girl yeah. everyone's talking about. Totally. It's and, and so this will lead me to the next slide, which is I essentially feel like, you know, on on uh, TikTok specifically, the faster that you blow up, sometimes the shorter shelf life you have. I think slow burn. I always reference Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, it took him five years to reach his first 100,000 subscribers. Like, and now he's yeah. the biggest person in the world. Um, and so like how she'll be able to sustain it. I did realize in between, cause we're gonna get into our projections for her career, okay. what we would advise. But I wanted to just also touch on um, this slide here is why can't you look away? And like what our theories are on, we've kind of already touched on it, but like, um, again, I think audiences desire companionship over entertainment. And so I think the most successful creators, of course, they have to be talented and have something to offer, but they're usually not the ones that are the most doing something drastic every single day. They're just the ones who are consistent and who show up and give their audiences a safe and predictable place to go every day. Yeah. I think it's especially this predictability factor. Yeah. Like, if you know what you're going to be getting out of it, you will stick around. Yeah. You don't want to watch a movie necessarily unless you know what it's going to be about yeah. or you know how it's going to make you feel. But once you know those two things, you'll click on it every time if you know yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. Or why reruns are one of the biggest forms of media in the world. Totally. Or why you have thing. like a comfort show. Yes. With like a comfort podcast. Like something you just have this expected like, I'm going to laugh or I'm going to cry. Like yeah. whatever feeling you're going to get is like, when you expect it, then you crave that feeling, then you seek out that content to satisfy that feeling. Right. And with uh, these NPC streams or just live streamers in general, whether it be Twitch and TikTok, is unlike other forms of media, even YouTube or TikTok media, there's this instant gratification that happens. Yep. Or this like you want the gratification, even if they never acknowledge you, the fact that it could happen next time of like you saying something or sending a GIF and them immediately replying to you. Yeah, and something that actually happens on Twitch, I know you don't watch Twitch yeah. as much, is called Super Chats, oh. which is when people can literally pay like, obviously the price depends for the creator, yeah. but let's say it's five bucks and they get a certain amount of characters and the message will literally appear on screen and they'll like read it out loud so or answer it. So the person will see it yep. and it won't get lost. So it's literally paying for their instant attention. attention. Wow, that, yeah. 
Um, another thing which we talked about, I think this is really uh, such a thing with lives, which is wanting them to break character. Yeah. I think of there's this show growing up on MTV called Silent Library. I love Silent Library. And I remember Jersey Shore did an episode. Yeah, also, do you remember when Liza Koshy recreated it yes. on YouTube? Genius. Such a genius idea. It's such an interesting concept because you have high retention because people are watching to see if they make a noise or break character. Yep, exactly. Or yell, and, it con- and it's constantly going. Like that meter is constantly in the corner. Yeah. They constantly have this rule they have to follow. So you're watching to see if they break the rule. Yeah. And then another one, which is like with live streaming specifically and what you said about super chats is there's a social currency of having your comment appear on a live that, you know, millions are watching. And I think it's similar to a modern day billboard. So if you're watching a live stream and a funny moment happens where she breaks character and your comment happens to be one of the one that floats up there. When people repost the screen recording, your comment and your username will get millions of views without you having to do any extra work yeah and i think you get the satisfaction of like everybody else is also trying to do it at once but i'm the one who got it who got it in this moment yeah 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 so yeah i just think there's so many different factors which um i could talk about forever but now we'll go on to the next slide which i think is my favorite and it is essentially like what happens next and this is the last slide so i think that for pinky doll um when you blow up seemingly overnight, you have to prove even more that you're not just a trend or a one hit wonder. Yep. And even just the, I see this a lot with creators and it's something I struggled with myself. Um, When you blow up, you have to have infrastructure to support it. So things that you wouldn't even think about, like having an LLC, instead of like, there was a year where I got super lucky and made a good amount of money and I had to give almost all of it back in taxes because I didn't have an LLC. And I was like, those are things as a creator you don't think about. Yeah. And also I think, especially with her in this mass hysteria and conversation going on about her at the same time, I feel like everything's coming at her a hundred miles an hour. So I'm sure something like that is like at the bottom of her mind. She's like, I need to go live every day. We're like, I need to read this New York times article about me or answer the, the producer in my DMs or whatever, you know? I think one of my favorite things to do when someone blows up overnight, I think the last person I did this for was like when octopus lover (laughs) blew up, but yeah, just on the back end of the industry, if we're doing something like this, where we're diving into them, um, looking at their profile and seeing if they put a talent agency in their bio. That's always when you know they got signed is when their email goes from like at Gmail to like at UTA or like at CAA or right. And I also think the tough thing too is people who blow up rapidly, it's always because they do one thing and one thing only. Yeah. So Pinky Doll was NPC stream. You could say Octopus Lover was this comment reply form. Yeah. You could say, I remember like Pepperoni Muffin was the girl who was cutting fruit and all that stuff. And they blow up so fast because, like you said, it's predictable. It's valuable. Yeah. You know you know exactly what's going to happen. If you like one of their videos, you'll like all of their videos. Yeah. But then they get trapped of the, mm-hmm. in this, like, oh, no, if I keep doing it in this way, I'm going to be so one-dimensional that I don't know if I'll ever be able to pivot out of it. Yeah. But also, you're so punished for doing anything else, and you're eternally incentivized to do the thing that's always working. Yeah. And it's so hard because – 
you have to realize eventually that thing will stop working. Yeah. It is a nature of the internet. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Ever, ask anyone who, ask any person who grew on Vine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like yeah. even YouTubers and stuff. Like they come in seasons yeah. where things come in waves. And it's a hard thing to realize. But no matter what, when you're growing, part of it is like sometimes you have to take five steps back to take 10 forward yep. eventually or sometimes it's not even taking a step forward or back but taking a step sideways yeah. you know you're like i need to add another dimension or like yeah i need these people to even know something about me personally so that if this thing starts to die out then they will at least have some fondness or attachment to me as an individual so then i can pivot out of it yeah you're so right like taking a step to the side it might be a dead end but you have to be willing to hit those dead ends or else you're never going to evolve i think that's one of the biggest things as a creator that i've learned is i mean some people know this like i started doing tarot on my account. yeah so crazy yep. and i think that i had this realization um when i was at Cannes recently where i was like there were times i was doing to and i still love tarot like we talk we text about tarot like yeah. I, like i still have yeah. I collect decks it's it's a part of me i had i paid for an astrology reading yesterday with a reader like i love that's just who i am um, even though I'm not as public anymore about it, I've even been advised to like pull back because so much of what I do now is like consulting and I think it's a little woo-woo for people. But yeah. um, there were times when I was doing tarot on TikTok and I was like, FMO, like I just want these videos to go viral and I want to blow up and I've plateaued and I am like the worst creator ever. Um, and it took me months to like really figure out how to pivot, which we would even on our lunch breaks at work, go in and do brainstorms on a whiteboard of yeah. how we could get into pop culture commentary. Literally. And it was many failed videos, but I finally just took a break from TikTok and came back and then was like, this is what I'm going to do. I told my audience and I was thinking like, if when I was at Cannes, I was like, damn, I could have 10 million followers on TikTok and be a tarot reader. But if that happened, I would have never been forced to pivot and I would have never been invited to Cannes Lion to speak with like CEOs of companies on Cannes. Exactly. Panels. I saw a TikTok, somebody used this metaphor and I've just fallen in love with it ever since is like sometimes life or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Think of it like a GPS um, when you're going the wrong, when you're going the right way, it seems like nothing's happening, yeah. right? It's just drive for five miles or whatever. But when things aren't going right, like when you take a wrong turn or whatever, you change your destination, at, you're getting a thousand notifications, turn left and turn right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So sometimes you think like things are going so wrong, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe things are going wrong and or not going well because they're meant to. Like yeah. you're not supposed to go down this lane. You yeah. need to make a U-turn yeah. and go back and get back on the path that you're supposed to go. So I've always really, really liked that metaphor. Um, and it's totally right. Like you said, like we could probably, we wouldn't be in this room, either of us. If, exactly. Like you start, you it made tarot out. videos. I used to make mental health yeah. videos. And that doesn't mean I'm not passionate about yeah. mental health, but I don't think it was a thing I was meant to do full time. And yeah. there are professionals for that, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm glad that I hit a plateau at some yeah. point. And I, there were literally months. I mean, months. Me yeah. and, and Coco were losing followers. Or, yeah. Or we couldn't get a video. And I we was were, happy if I got 10K views on one video. That literally. Week. And I remember being like overtly depressed about mm -hmm. it. Like, at, like prolonged periods of sadness yeah. because I had tied my worth so much into making these videos and getting views from it. But that's because I didn't inherently love the videos themselves yeah. like i love doing this because i think pinky doll is so interesting 
and it, regardless if there's a camera on or not, like I would love to talk to Coco about it because I think it's yeah. fascinating. It's a weird thing happening in our time that makes me want to analyze and learn more about it. Yeah. And because of that, like if you love what you're talking about, regardless of whether the camera is on or not, you will continue to move forward yeah. in the path you're meant to move in because regardless, your passion will continue to propel you in the direction yeah. you're meant to move in. Yeah. One of the biggest things that you can be as a creator is be able to evolve and if you can't evolve like you could be trendy now but you're not going to be yeah either you evolve or the world around you evolves oh that's good Thank we always you. say you want a career not a year you want a career not a year that's one of my favorites too. yes so now pivoting back to specifically pinky doll which is that okay let's do a little exercise where like if we were on pinky doll's marketing team what would we have her do i personally think she needs to get into music because it's only a matter of time before rappers or producers or maybe pop singers, whatever genre she wants to go into, um, start sampling her sayings. I think she needs to beat them to the punch. I also would tell her to not sign a record label yet, though, because I think there are so many great producers like Timbaland and T-Pain out there who would work with her, even if she doesn't sign on to a label yet. And I don't think she, I think she would give away all of her leverage if she signed anything right now. Yeah, I don't think she should sign anything either. I think people will pay her a lot of money even to just be a feature. Like, yes. I don't think she would have to produce the song. I think she could literally come in for barely a few verses. As Nikki and said. people would love it. 50K for a verse, no album out. Yeah. When you said it was Nikki said, I was like, what did I say? No, oh, <laughs> and yeah. then I realized you were yes. talking about Nicki Minaj. Um, I didn't realize that, yeah. Go she ahead. has so much leverage right now. Yeah, and also I think it's just like she just needs to protect herself. That's always step yeah. one, like copyright. If you yes. if you have these sayings and your voice and you're afraid of people taking that, step one is protect yourself. Yeah. Then step two, get people to pay you for it. Yes, exactly. Um, and also if I was her manager, I would have her um, – do a magazine cover. I think Paper Magazine would work. Paper Magazine is so good at capitalizing off of moments like this. Like, it's iconic cover yeah. is so good. They really are great at, like, finding a wave of pop culture right before it's about to, like, yeah. hit its peak and crash. So good. You know, it always feels like they're the first person to jump on something. Yeah. So much so that I feel like it's kind of become a part of Paper's brand mm -hmm. as, like, a recognizable symbol. Yeah. Like, oh, you got a Paper Magazine feature? Like, wow, you're really up and coming. Yeah. I, I think of them as, like, the Julia Fox. Like, they've worked with It's Iconic. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think that she needs to, as soon as possible, I don't think it's going to be hard, but as soon as possible align herself with traditional media in the form of like a magazine cover so that she can break out of being known for one viral trend. Like she has to say, I have a sign off from paper magazine. I have a sign off from teen Vogue right. and it will subconsciously change people's view of her in their mind as this short term trend to like, Oh, she has the sign off from traditional media now. Yeah, totally. My advice for her, there was one thing that even she made a video about Neil Elon Musk tweeted that he wanted her to be the voice of Tesla. It's just such a good idea. I was thinking it would be funny too. Like I would have pitched her to Apple and been oh. like, let's make her the voice of maps for a month or like a setting on maps or even a car company. They have GPSs and cars and stuff, Yeah, which would be so genius. Um, another thing I think that she really, really needs to do is get onto another platform. Not that yeah. she should stop TikTok, but no one knows the future of TikTok live. Any platform. It's such, yeah. it's so unpredictable. It's such uncharted yeah. waters. And also, it's, I don't know if you know this, it's a really big thing in streaming culture to where they will actually, like Twitch or YouTube, 
will pay for a massive exclusivity fee. Oh, to like be Spotify like, with podcasts? Yes, like Spotify oh, with podcasts. Yeah. And I think if she only stays on TikTok, she'll never get a deal like that. Yeah. But if she starts to go live on Twitch and YouTube and TikTok at the same time, she can get them into a bidding war for her. Oh. Which is what I, that's what I would suggest. You're as her so manager. right. It's like one, you need to build a cross-platform audience to diversify yeah. your interests and protect yourself. Then two, you're actually setting yourself up for a deeper monetization opportunity yeah. because you're so successful and you have such like buzz around you right now that people will pay to have that buzz be associated with their platform. You're so right. Like why would TikTok pay her extra if she's already doing right because they, they're making money from half yeah. the donations and stuff so yeah. they're not going to pay her anything also twit tick TikTok Live doesn't even have ads. Twitch has yeah. ads and stuff. Twitch has subs. Like yeah. there's so much other stuff to it. But I think if she does it all at once, people will kind of see it as a cash grab of like, you're just going to Twitch to make more money. Yeah. You should stay on TikTok because we love you on TikTok. So I think she needs to do both yeah. or balance it and somehow or or like what if she has different characters for each platform oh could be interesting you know yeah like literally the pinky doll cinematic universe where there's different characters with different emotes and different responses or like maybe she does interview lives on youtube or like you know what i mean i think she needs to take a piece of value and assign it to a platform so then people have a reason to go find her on other platforms because they're getting a piece of content that they can't find from her just on tiktok I like that. That's that you're so right about the bidding war, um, which I think we've seen with the payments we saw for like Call Her Daddy and Joe Rogan podcast on yeah. Spotify. That's how you, that's the only time cringes are getting these eight these, figure deals yeah. is when it's a platform paying for them to produce exclusively on their platform. Yeah. Um, and now another thing that I think she needs to do is work with some sort of like food brand. Um, I think McDonald's would be j- oh, oh you're gonna, gonna say, say like a straightener where you pop popcorn kernels and but that's it's not funny for your hair like it looks <laughs> like a hair funny. straightener but it's like a popcorn that's funny that could be like something she could trademark yeah I was gonna say she should get with McDonald's because I think they're so good at these collab yeah. meals and I think it would be so easy for her to promote eating just McDonald's on yes. live or having like maybe the toys are emotes yeah. or like, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely a fun where you could do a collab meal with that. Yeah. Or maybe the McDonald's like having your box is pink yeah. or their dolls or the toys. So it's like pinky doll. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like what I was saying in an earlier slide, I think that she, what I could see her doing is creating an AI version of pinky doll and having it stream for her, like a little, like a filter or a holograph. Yeah. And then she can go do her normal life. And yeah. every day at 3 p.m., this AI version of her goes. Or that's how she goes multiple platforms at once. Yeah. Another thing I think is good about doing the AI thing is like once you start to have, you know, a symbol or mascot, um, it starts to brand itself. Like you can sell a plushie. You can put it on yeah. a hoodie. Like I think putting just like your face on a hoodie, we've seen creators like, do that with merch a bunch of time. It's weird. It never sells well. Yeah. But it's always really works really, really well when they have a symbol. I actually think that's why Emma Chamberlain had a symbol for Chamberlain coffee, right? Her face is not associated with it at all, but there's all these different mascots for the different yeah. flavors. And I think that's because they know that as like a marketing tactic. You're so right. Um, do you have any last thoughts about Pinky Doll or what about based on this trend and what we're seeing? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite questions is like, what do you think is going to be different about TikTok in a year from now? And then what do you think is going to be different about social media and influencers as a whole in a year from now? I think first and foremost, this is just the beginning of life. 
that yeah. like live streaming is really still in its infancy stages and yeah. even like as a platform and on other platforms too and i think that if you think it's psychonic and pinky doll are going to be the last people to have this like rapid success on tiktok mm -hmm. live you're going to be sadly mistaken yeah second i think brands need to start thinking of way to tap into it especially because there are so many live viewers like you see sponsored posts you've never seen a sponsored tiktok live yeah so i think that is really really something that we're going to see from a creator economy standpoint of they need to find ways to do this and also i know that in eastern asian culture like live shopping and live yeah. stuff is huge on platforms yeah like, on, on social platforms so i think we're really going to see live take off mm -hmm. in such a big way do I, what do I think is going to change for Pinky Doll specifically? It's so hard to say because yeah. I feel like the world's at her fingertips right now, right? Like yeah. she could do music. She could do hosting with this character. Yeah. It's like I really think her move needs to be she needs to brand the character and turn the character into something that can live on its own. So then she can take that character and put it yeah. into music, put it into TV, put it into movies, put it into a stuffed animal or yeah. a collab meal, whatever. Um it's hard to predict where she's going to be in a year because I feel like she can literally do anything. Like, that's the genius yeah. of her character. But what do you think? No, I think you're right. I agree with the TikTok Live. I think um, I actually honestly feel like and I've said this in a video a year ago that went viral, and I think I kind of called it, but I said people are wrong when they say TikTok's biggest competitor is Instagram or YouTube. I don't yeah. agree with that. I think TikTok's competing with fox netflix hulu yeah HBO. they're oh, yeah. streaming the way that people tune in to tiktok and spend even when they have a youtube video up when they have a netflix show up they're on tiktok on their phone and i think that tiktok's bigger than a social media platform i think in live specifically what we're going to see happen is they're going to start syndicating it or Again, as things change, they stay the same. I think we're going to see kind of like what we saw with cable channels when I was a kid. Like yeah. at 6 p.m., you turn on Entertainment Tonight. And then at yep. 7 p.m., you go watch Hannah Montana. And then at 8 p.m., your parents put on American Idol. And TikTok would be smart to start paying their people to go live at a specific time. Like yeah. 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. is Psychonic. 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. is Pink Britney Broski. Or, 8, yeah, yes. Like 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. is the Broski Report. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, I think going back to your original point, TikTok is very deliberate about not competing with other social platforms, but competing with other apps and services. Like, mm -hmm. it seems like YouTube and Instagram are constantly trying to catch up to TikTok. We're yeah. going to add reels. We're going to add shorts. TikTok doesn't care. They're not adding long form, yeah. like horizontal videos onto TikTok. They're adding Shopify. Like yeah. they're adding the TikTok marketplace to compete yeah. with Shopify. They're adding live to compete yeah. with Twitch and traditional TV. Now they're building, TikTok is building its own music app to compete with Spotify. Now they're getting into podcasts on yeah. TikTok. Like TikTok is always smart about not looking backwards, not looking at what are the older social platforms doing? Mm -hmm. What are these other big multi-billion dollar corporations doing? And how do we combine that into the power of the organic reach TikTok gives you? The attention that Because have. if they can combine that power uh, with a shopping thing, like we're seeing with TikTok shopping right now, is it's blowing up and people are making yeah. thousands and thousands of mm -hmm. dollars and it's get, elevating small businesses in yeah. ways that no traditional media hasn't been able to in years and wait, instagram's never been able to youtube's never been able to exactly which makes it so small businesses all want to be on tiktok yep. right they're not copying someone else they're actually giving tools for people to make a living that's another yeah. thing that i think we're going to see in the next year it's like 
all these apps are competing against each other. And this is what happened in 2008 with the original boom of the internet. It was mm -hmm. Facebook, it was Twitter, and it YouTube. was YouTube. And YouTube won because YouTube very early created the YouTube Partner Program yep. where they said we we're gonna split 50% of advertising revenue mm -hmm. with you. And we are seeing this again in 2023 with Instagram, with YouTube Shorts, and with TikTok. It's the, it's the exact same thing, but short form content. And yeah. whoever wins is gonna be whoever pays people first the and can money. pay people the best. The yeah. most consistent income, creators will go there. Everybody yeah. needs money, everybody needs it to live, everybody craves stability. So I think the future of the creator economy will be the platform that finds out a way to monetize. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think we can end on that note because we, <laughs> Wait, we don't have so a, much. This is a big tangent episode. I knew. I literally texted Nikki. I was like, there's not going to be a lot of slides, but it's going to be very like just ideas based theory. Okay. And again, like Pinky Doll's only in been, I've only known of her for two weeks. So it wasn't like there was this entire True. decade long thing I could talk about. It was just like, this is what's happened. What do we think is going to be the result of that? Totally. And I hope that this is like, at least a different side or a different take of, of our, us, or yeah. it's interesting Let to see uh, yeah. to see things a bit more unfiltered and a bit less scripted or like yeah. thought out. This is literally like how we sound just getting coffee. It's like <laughs> analyzing. In our car at the Jack and Box drive-thru. Yeah, and if you guys made it this far and you're able to leave a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Please. or give us a comment on YouTube, like, all of these things help us grow. We are literally chasing a dream. So yeah, we're chasing a dream. It means more than words can ever possibly describe. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next Sunday. Yay.